a beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, we welcome you to New Hope Hilo, Hawaii. If this is your first time, we hope that you enjoy your stay here. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've been noticing that the sun is staying out a little longer. Uh, the sun is coming up a little quicker. Uh, school is out, uh, and there's a lot of people posting pictures of light chi on their Instagram, which means one thing, that it's summer. It's summer. And so, uh, you know, I'm excited. Hope your summer is going to be filled with a lot of awesome times. And as Pastor Charlie said too, today we're continuing in our series, It's Time. And we're going to be looking at our lives and reflecting on them and the priorities that we have in our lives. Now, there are 52 weeks, 365 days, and 525,600 minutes in a year, right? Now, in the time that God has given us, what truly matters is what we choose to do with it. See, it's not the length of time, it's what we do with it that matters the most. And so the question is, what are our, what are our priorities and does it line up with what God wants for us? Because you see, when it comes to our priorities, it's not just about what fills our lives, but it's also about what we're pouring into. And to illustrate this, I'm going to use this right here. This represents our priorities in our lives. This picture right here represents you. And the liquid inside represents your life, the life that you have in you. Now, there's five cups, and these cups represent your top five priorities. Although we have, many more, we have, we have much more than five priorities, this is your top five. <clears throat> so for me, <clears throat> my top five would be my relationship with God, my marriage, my wife Katie, our, our two kids, our two girls, <clears throat> our family and friends, and then my work, my job. Now, like I said, these are just the top five priorities of my life. There's much more priorities, but these are the five that takes the most. But here's what we do. We take our priorities and we fill our lives with them. You know, God, our marriage, our relationship, our kids. Our families, our jobs, hobbies. And so we fill, we fill our priorities with, with our lives. <clears throat> but here's what happens. Here's what happens. Let's say work. Work starts to get crazy. You got deadlines, you got schedules, you got projects that need to be done. And so what happens is it seems like your work becomes more thirsty. It wants more. Now you have nothing left in your picture. You have nothing left. You can't pour from here, which means you have to pour from one of the other four. Sometimes what we do is we take it from our kids. And what we do is we pour it, what was our, what, we pour what was in our kids 
and say, sorry, honey, I, I have to go to work. I have to do all these projects to do. I can't go to your baseball game. I can't go to your recital. And so we fill up the work cup. We fill up our work priority, our priority of work. But we end up neglecting or taking away from our kids. And what happens is when we do that, everything becomes unbalanced. And that's the danger of what sometimes we do in our lives with our priorities. We misprioritize. You know, that happens a lot. Because we tend to prioritize what's most important to us. But the reality is that sometimes what we say is important doesn't show up on our list of what takes up the most of our schedules and priorities. You know, we can say that God is important, but is reading, is reading the Bible a priority? We can say that our marriage is important, but do we take it seriously? You see, when our priorities are in order, that's when our life becomes more balanced. When it's not, our life seems to go out of control, becomes chaotic, it seems out of whack. And that has a potential danger of destroying our relationships with the people we love. This morning, we're going to take a look at the Bible and learn what it means to prioritize God's way. And the first point this morning is this, put God first. Put God first. In Matthew 6.33, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You see, the reality is, out of all of our priorities, God has to be number one. God has to be number one. Because if we hold anything above God, everything else will fall. Now, uh, there's a story, and it's a true story. And if you love football, please know I'm not, I'm not dogging on this team. I'm not uh, judging this team. But it is a true story, and it's actually of the coach. And I want you to see what happens when we don't put God first as our priority. In 1989, a head coach divorced his wife of 26 years when he left a coaching when he left coaching a college team to become head coach in the NFL. He said he needed a wife while, co- while coaching on the college level for social functions, as well as to tell families that he would be looking out for their sons. In pro football, however, she was unnecessary. She was a distraction to winning. He said winning football was his number one priority and his two sons second. In fact, when Jerry Jones asked Jimmy Johnson to become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson took his wife to dinner that night and told her this. I can either be head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys or be married to you. I've decided to be the head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And right there, he divorced her. But interestingly enough, the coach that Jimmy Johnson would actually replace, who was the first Dallas Cowboys head coach, Tom Landry, 
said this, the thrill of knowing Jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I think God has put me in a very special place and he expects me to use it to his glory in everything I do. Whether coaching football or talking to the press, I'm always a Christian. Christ is first, family second, and football third. You see, our first priority must be God. If it isn't, then all of our other priorities will be mixed up. You see, we can spend so much time prioritizing things that don't even matter or prioritize them wrong. And let me give you an example. If we prioritize our families before God, there's a danger. There's a danger that we could jeopardize trying to please them before we please God. If my family or other people are on the top of my priorities, then when they're not happy, I will choose and try to make them happy, even if that means going against what God wants. If other people are my top priority, then I will do what I think is right and not what God says is right. In Matthew 10, 37, Jesus says this, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Now understand, this is Jesus saying this. And you might be thinking, wow, that's, that's really mean, that's really harsh, but, but we have to understand this. Listen, Jesus isn't saying not. He isn't saying not to love your mom and dad. He's not saying to not love your kids. He's not saying to not love other people. He's simply saying that we need to love him more than we love anyone else. That's what he's saying. Matthew 22, 37 to 40, this we know as the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. But often we mix up our priorities because we try to make things right with our husbands or our wives or our kids. We try to make things right with our friends or our neighbors. We even try to make things right with ourselves before we make things right between us and God. See, if we put God first and make him our top priority, then he will help us with all our other priorities. Ephesians 5, to 25 shows us how if we put our priority first in God, he will help us with our marriages. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Husbands say hallelujah. Understand something. This isn't saying to wives, just submit to your husbands. What it's actually doing is this, you're putting your priority first in God. And because your first priority is God, 
by submitting to God, you will submit to your husband. Now, wives, don't worry, because it continues. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. So all the wives say, hallelujah. Because husbands, that means what we're going to do is we're going to give up our lives, not just for our wives, but first for God. Because just as Jesus gave his life for us, we now give our lives up for our wives. You see, when we make God our top priority, he starts to funnel in everything and the rest of our priorities. For our children, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. For work, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people, Colossians three twenty three. You see, as we put God first, he starts to make everything right within everything else. And the last one, and I think it's in your notes, John 3.30. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. I love that scripture. Because that works for everyone. Because when we put God first, we're saying, Lord, you're our top priority. Everything else, including me, becomes less. We see that all the time. We see that all around town. We see that slogan, he is greater than I. And that's what it means. Lord, you must be greater and greater. I must become less. Because if I go back to the cup illustration, there's one simple mistake that we do with our priorities. See, the mistake that we make is we put all of our priorities on the same level. You know, we take our relationship with God, take our marriage, our relationship, take our kids, take our families, take our work. And the problem and the mistake is that we put them on the same level. But if we were to do this, put our priorities on the same level, but put God first, Watch what happens when we pour our life into God. See, when we pour, when we pour into God first, he pours into everything else. He determines what is priority or not. And you know what's even better is when I pour my life into God first and make him my top priority, he will help me in my marriage. He will help me with my kids. He will help me with my family. He will help me with my work. He will help me with everything else because he is now the top priority. He is now Lord and Savior. Amen? See, that's, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. Put God first. There's a scripture in Romans 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, 
which leads to righteous living. Now here at New Hope, we do something that we call daily devotions. And what it is, is that every day we read part of the Bible, both, the old part, both parts from the Old Testament and New Testament. And we journal in something that we call SOAP. S stands for scripture. Because as you read, there might be a scripture that speaks to you. So you write that down. O stands for observation. What is the scripture talking about? What is it, what's happening right now? A is the mo- to me is the most important thing because it's how you apply what you just read to your life. And then P is a prayer. And for me, most times I pray, Lord, help me to apply what I just read in my life. See, devotions are so important because that's what fills us. And what's really cool is that if you read over a year, after actually in a year, you read the entire Bible. But you don't stop there. Just because you read the Bible once doesn't mean you, can, you stop reading it. Because here's the deal. The word of God continually speaks. It can tell you this. It can, it can give you the same scripture but give you a whole different perspective for where you're going at or where you're at right now in your life. See, the word of God continually speaks to our hearts and spirit, and it pours out God's infinite love and wisdom to us. See, for me, my devotions is a top priority to maintain and grow in my relationship with Jesus. Because if I don't do my devotions for one day, I start to notice it. If I don't do it for two days, my wife will notice it. My wife, Katie, will notice it. And if I don't do it for three days, everybody around me can notice it. I remember this season which where I felt like every single day I was just irritated. I was just frustrated. I'd come home and I'd just be frustrated with work. I'd be frustrated with, with my wife. I'd be frustrated with my kids. I'd, be, I'd just be frustrated. And then I remember trying, I remember sitting down and going, Lord, why am I so frustrated? What is going on? What? Ah, speak to me. And you know what the Lord said? Absolutely nothing. There's a reason. Because I wasn't allowing him to pour into my life through his word. I wasn't allowing myself to open my heart and open my life to gain wisdom and love from his voice and his word. And so what I, start, what I did was, okay, I made it a top priority right there. I was like, okay, Lord, I need to get back into my word. I need to start doing my devotions, not because I have to, but because I want my relationship with you. And so after, after uh, several days, he started to refill me. He started to speak back into my life. And lo and behold, eventually my well, which was once dry, became plenished again. It's almost like the Snickers commercial. Hungry, why wait? Grab a Snickers. We've all seen those commercials. The reality is, hungry, why wait? Grab your Bible and get into the word. You see, you're not you if God isn't your top priority. When we put God first, all of our priorities align and come into order. We see what he says is important and which isn't, which leads us to our second point, which is treasure what's important. You can also put treasure what's eternal. Now in 2012, something monumental happened. 
In 2012, something monumental happened. Like the world seemed like it was coming to an end. Not because it was 2012, but because Hostess, the company that produces Twinkies, was shutting down. And for, for those of you who remember, although it was really weird, it was also really big because when, when everybody found out that, oh my goodness, they're going to stop making Twinkies, people freaked out. And they hoarded boxes of Twinkies. And not only that, they'd buy boxes of Twinkies and they'd actually sell it online. In fact, uh, one whole box of Twinkies, which only has 10 of these individually packed Twinkies, was sold on eBay, okay? There was many uh, Twinkies that were for sale, but believe it or not, there were two boxes that were actually sold, okay? Which means somebody in their crazy mind bought it for $10,000 each. Somebody paid $10,000 for a box of Twinkies. I bought this for $5 at Walmart. (laughs) Somebody bought it for $10,000. Now, that either means that they really desperately love Twinkies or they're just too rich and they're like, ah, I'm going to just buy a box of Twinkies for $10,000. That means that this one I'm holding in my hand was $1,000. Anybody want this Twinkie? I'm going to throw it out, that's why. Okay. All right, that's $1,000, thank you. But that's crazy. I mean, can you imagine somebody actually bought a Twinkie for, a box of Twinkies for $10,000? That is crazy. But the reality is this. We all treasure things. The difference is, where will it end? You see, every single thing has a lifespan. You can treasure your house. You can have 10 bedrooms, 15 bathrooms, three garages, five living rooms, whatever. You can have 20 acres. But the reality is, over time, termites are going to get to it. Paint's going to start chipping. Your roof might start leaking. And in 100 years, your house will probably be gone. It'll be just land. You can buy a car. You can buy a car. You can pay almost the same amount for your car as putting a down payment on a house. You can, you can have all the latest gadgets and gizmos. You can have four-wheel drive. You could have five-wheel drive. You could have uh, GPS. You could have Siri just talking to you, whatever. But the reality is, and over time, no matter how much or no matter how good your vehicle is, over time, it's going to collect miles. Over time, carts are going to run into it. It's going to get some scratches. You're going to get a flat tire. You might get into an accident or a fender bender. And over time, what you spend on your car, your treasure of a car, will become either a front yard decoration or a junkyard collection. See, there are treasures that will end up going or becoming nothing. But there are other treasures that last a longer time. There are other treasures that are priceless and much more valuable. The question is, 
Are you treasuring things that are temporary or are you treasuring things that have eternal value? I came, up, I came up on this story in Reader's Digest and I thought it was beautiful because I think it illustrates treasuring what's eternal much more than the temporary. Soon after Angie and David's sixth anniversary, the couple's home burned to the ground. Angie's first act when they were allowed to hunt through the blackened remains was to search for their photo albums. When she went to tell David that the pictures had indeed survived, she found him carefully placing in a box some charred, folded pieces of paper, their courtship love letters. As I watched David kneeling there in the ashes, ashes, she said, I was overcome with the certainty that we were meant for each other. There, in the face of our greatest tragedy, our first thoughts were not of our material loss, but of the potential loss of these precious parts of life together. As I knelt to help him with the letters, I was certain that we hadn't lost anything that mattered after all. You know, in Matthew 6, 21, it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's a profound scripture. Because if my treasure is here on earth, that means one simple truth, that one day it will be gone. When I was in sixth grade, our sixth grade class, we took a trip, we, did a, we, we camped at KOEC, uh, and it was really interesting because we did many, I remember doing many things. We uh, shot arrows, we learned archery. Uh, we went hiking down Kilauea which wasn't my favorite part. <laughs> Let me just say, okay, when you're a sixth grader and you have to walk, already you don't want to do that. And then you get told you're going to walk down a volcano, and you're like, great, except for you fall down walking down the volcano, and then you walk back up. And so I just remember that. I remember all these other things. But this one thing I remember was this treasure hunt that we did. Our teachers uh, gave us a map, and we're split into groups, and we're given a map, and we were told, you need to go find the treasure. And, that, and this treasure was a bunch of snacks, okay? Like it was chips, cookies, all the good, delicious, bad stuff for you, okay? And when you're a sixth grader, you're like, yes! So uh, I remember we got, we got our stuff, and the teachers made it like this. They, the teachers made it so that every group would get something. However, it would be in order. So if you got there first, if you found the treasure first, you would actually be able to get the biggest prize. So you would, ha- you would get a bag full of goodies, and then it would just get less and less and less until the last group, which is, I think, we had to share, they had to share like five cookies, which is really bad. So I was like, okay. I told my group, okay, guys, listen, we've been camping they have, they've only given us really healthy stuff. Let's win this. Because I want chips and cookies, obviously. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So we go. Now, we're giving, we, you know, this treasure hunt, it's not just, oh, find a treasure. It's a bunch of instructions. So we had to, you know, do paces. We had to use our compass. We had to, you know, figure out landmarks and all that. And finally, we came, we found the treasure. And we were actually, I think, the second group that found the treasure. There was a group that found it before us. And so my friend, not me, but my friend, sees the treasure, and it's behind the bush. And instead of walking around, he dives through the bush. 
And I was all for it because I was like, hey, yes, we got the treasure. Yes, hallelujah. And so we get it. We open it up. And lo and behold, there it is. The Oreos, the Lay's potato chips. But there is something else that I really wanted. See, I don't like water because water has this thing about it that it has no taste. Okay? So when I was a kid, I really didn't like water. But in our package, there was Capri Sun. Cold Capri Sun. So I was like, give me that. And so I grabbed it. And so I just I think like we just we just like inhaled all the food. Okay. Now believe it or not, the treasure hunt that we went on took us half an hour. The demolishment of the food took us like 10 seconds. And it's interesting though. What took us half an hour to find, we demolished in 30 seconds. And just like that, the treasure was gone. The the reality is we can treasure things in this life that won't last a lifetime. Or we can prioritize by investing in the things that matter. In Matthew 6, 24 to 34, it says this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, where will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, I love this scripture because in it, Jesus calls out, the difference between what is temporary and what is eternal. He shares that we cannot have two masters because we will be devoted to one and despise the other. In other words, if we treasure what is temporary, then we will despise what is eternal. Secondly, Jesus shares with us that life is much more than worrying about everyday life. It's not about the food on the table or the clothes that we wear. Jesus shares that our Heavenly Father knows all of our needs, and if we seek Him and live righteously, He will bless us with it. 
You know, oftentimes we make priorities around things that we want, not just what we need. <clears throat> if we were to prioritize God's way, we will put our faith in God to provide for our needs and to allow us to focus on what's most important. <clears throat> and last but not least, Jesus shares with us that we are eternal treasures to God. That although he provides care for the birds in the sky and the lilies in the field, how much more he provides more for us. <clears throat> you know, it's, I always tell the kids this. You can take the most beautiful sunset. You can take the most beautiful sunrise. You can take the most beautiful portrait of scenery. And yet God still says, I love you more than that. I love you more than that. Why? Because we're eternal. Among all of his creation, we're his top priority because we have eternal value. And just like God, we have to look at our priorities and see the values they have. <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I was in a meeting and after the meeting, we were talking about lunch and what we were going to do for lunch. And the rest of the staff uh, that I was meeting with, they said that they were going to go have lunch with one of our friends down at his workplace. And I wanted to go. I really wanted to go. That's one of my friends too. And I, wanted, and I don't like to eat at home. <clears throat> I like to eat out. But the thing is, Katie and I, we had already been discussing that uh, I need to try and come home for lunch. One, we can save money that way. But two, I get to see them. Especially on Thursdays and Fridays, which is the nights I have U-turn. So I don't come home until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. But I wanted to go to lunch. Everybody was going and I wanted to go. So I called Katie and I said, hey, babe, just letting you know, I'm, I'm going to go out to lunch. Okay, is that all right? <clears throat> and Katie, in her most loving wife voice ever, gave me really good advice. Because she said, oh, so you're going to go out and eat. So that means your girls aren't going to see you until tomorrow. Because by the time you come home tonight, they're going to be sleeping. Uh, I'll be home in five minutes, babe. Okay, I'll be there. Okay, I'll, just, I'll be there in five minutes. We just finish up and I'll be right there. But yeah, because the reality is this. Did I really want to go out to lunch? Yes. Did my kid, did my two girls even, will they even remember that I came home? Probably not. But I tell you this, I do. So does Katie. My time with my kids, that's eternal. I can always go eat lunch later. I can always eat lunch. I can always eat lunch out. But I won't always have the time in my kids. Doesn't matter if they remember it or not, because I will remember it. That's eternal. John Maxwell, who's a very well-known uh, speaker, and he speaks about leadership and stuff, and a lot of really great stuff. He said this quote, and I thought it's so perfect. He says, "Learn to say no to the good." so you can say yes to the best. Say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. And I believe that's what our priority should come down to. It's not about what's good. It's about what's greater. Would it be great if I spent time with my wife? 
Yes. But it will be greater if I spend quality time with her. Would it be great if I had all the money in the world? Yes. But it will be greater when my child sees me at their baseball game rather than at, a home, at office working hard. Would it be great to be liked? Yeah. But it would be greater to effect change in the lives of people. But changing the lives of young men so that they have a future, definitely greater. See, believe it or not, when it comes to treasuring eternal priorities, it might not always be a popular decision. But when we stand for what is eternal, it becomes treasure. When we put God first and treasure what's important and eternal, it allows us to focus on our last 5%. And that's the third point for this morning. Focus on your last 5%. You see, I think that part of the problem of prioritizing is that we think we have to do everything. We see the busyness of our lives and we think of it as a huge to-do list. Well, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that, and I have all this other stuff that I still need to do. But here's the truth. Not all of your priorities are your priorities. Not all of your priorities are your priorities. In James 4:13 to 17 it says this. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. You see, although you can do everything, it doesn't mean that you should do everything. Pastor Wayne Cordero says it like this. You take 100%, 100% of what we do. Now, out of 100% of what we do, 85% of it, anyone can do. 85% of what you and I do, anybody else could do. People can go to meetings, they can take notes, they can take phone calls, they can schedule appointments, they can do all these other things. 10% of what we do, people with a moderate amount of training can do. In other words, there's people that if they're trained, they can actually do 10% of the roles and tasks that you and I do. But then there's that last 5%. That last 5% only we can do. For example, only I can decide to follow Jesus. Nobody else can make that decision for me. Only I can make that decision. Only I can be a husband to Katie Ann. And only I can be a dad to Caitlin and Brianne, my two girls. And this came into play 
couple months ago. Like I said, Thursday and Friday nights is when we have our, our youth nights, and our Thursday night is our high school night. So a couple months ago, I remember our thir- oh, one Thursday, uh, Katie was in pain, and she had been in pain for several days. But finally, the pain got too, so, bit, so bad that we ended up going to the ER. And we, I think we got around there around 1 o'clock or so. And so I was saying to myself, okay, well, we're here at the ER. You know, the doctors will see her. We'll figure out what's going on, and then I can come up to church and get ready for tonight. And so I went, <clears throat> we went, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and time starts going by. The clock starts ticking. And I realized, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to get up there around 3 because usually I get up around 3 so I can prepare for the night. So I text the team saying, hey, guys, just letting you know, I'm probably going to show up around 5. Uh, but, so if you guys can, please go up, set up everything for the night, and I'll be there later. Well, 3 o'clock passes, and I think the doctor came finally, and he tells us that Katie has to undergo some minor surgery right there and then. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do I do now? Because I need to go to U-turn. I need to go and get ready. I need to go. I, I, I haven't prepared for me to not be there. There's no speaker. You know, there's, uh, what do I do? And so Katie, I can't really see in Katie's eyes. She sees the struggle I'm going through. And so she tells me, it's okay, just go. Just go, I'll be fine. Mom's gonna come and, and she'll be with me. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, that works out. Katie's mom's gonna be there. She can support her, and I, I can go and do what I need to go do for U-turn. Well, 5 o'clock comes, and uh, I'm struggling because I'm like, Lord, I need to leave. I, need, I have U-turn I need to go do. Katie's going to be okay. Her mom's going to come. She'll be fine. She won't be alone, and it's, it's all right. So I'm ready to leave. Believe it or not, in my heart, I'm ready to leave Katie. And it's almost like as soon as I got ready to walk out the door, the Lord said, where do you think you're going? And I'm like, Lord, I, I have you turn. He's like, Ben, right now, you're to be a husband before a youth pastor. That's your 5%. That's who I called you to be first. And so I made arrangements. I got somebody to come up and I stayed with Katie as she went to the surgery. And I tell you this, I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did because she needed me. As much as she could have had her mom there, as much as she could have had anybody else there, it was my place to be, no one else's. And that's what I learned. You see, I learned this that night, that although I can do a lot of things, doesn't mean I should do everything. Doesn't mean that I shouldn't ask for help when I need help. And I think that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we take, sometimes we take the responsibilities and we think that because we're responsible for everything, we have to do everything. No. See, I'm supposed to do what I can only do and delegate things out. And when that happens, my priorities start to be shared with those who can do it as well so that I can focus on the 5% that God is calling me to focus on. Now, understand something. This doesn't mean dump all your to-dos on somebody else, okay? But it means to not be so prideful that we don't let other people help us. 
There's a story in Luke 5 that shares the heart of letting people help you so that you can focus on what you're supposed to do. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now I'm pretty sure that paralyzed man, when he hears Jesus is in town, he's like, I wanna go, I wanna see Jesus. But the reality is he can't because he's paralyzed. As much as he wants to do everything, he can't do everything. And lo and behold, there's a group of men who come by his way, they see him. Now he could have said, listen, I want to see Jesus, but I got it. I got it. But instead he lets them take him. He lets them do what he couldn't do so that he could focus on what he needed. Your last 5% gives you direction. When you focus on that last 5% that only you can do, it ends up meaning the world to those you do it for. Keisha Johnson is a member of our church and is a mom of one of the youth that I get, I'm blessed to serve. And Keisha, her job, she lives a busy life, but that doesn't cause her to lose sight of her last 5%. Would you join me as we watch this video? My name is Keisha Johnson. I'm a realtor at Salvia Realty. I have been a realtor for 11 years. I came in right at the beginning of the boom, and so I saw the craziness of the market, and then I was around for the decline, and it was uh, a lot of, you know, really, um, I saw a lot of people struggle. My daughter was about three years old. Um, actually, not three. She was two, about two and a half. I actually brought her with me to my interview. <laughs> <laughs> she was all over the place, but she's, I've always had my kids with me, so um, my broker, uh, Dana Kenny, at that time, he was like, you know, that's okay, I've got a little kid too, we had a small boy the same age as her, so she was like, bring her, and so I did, I brought her, and it was fine, I, I think that's what sold me on him, was he was so open to me bringing my kids with me. I was a single mom, and I had to... Um, balance having them with me and taking care of clients and being on the road and it was extremely difficult um, my relationship with God and my relationship with my kids definitely the biggest two priorities in my life because without the relationships like what is it all for you know um, that's what I work for so as a realtor um, a lot of people expect you to do to work all the time like they want you to be at their beck and call um, they want you to old, uh, hold open houses for them on Sundays and they want you to show them properties on Sundays and I just I don't and I do lose a lot of business because of it but it's okay because I have a lot of people that are understanding a lot of clients that are understanding and they don't demand that of me so I'm blessed with those clients God called me to be their mom like, I know that that's what I was supposed to do. From when I was little, I wanted to be a mom, but it wasn't until I had kids. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. So, and I think everybody knows that in my, in my, my life. You know, everybody that I work with, everyone in my family, they know because 
just that's that's what my I my life revolves around. Like they are so important to me, and everything that I do is for them. It's easy once I make the commitment. You know, once I make the decision that it's just going to be this way, and so I I let people know that I have kids. And my kids are very, you know, their schedule is important to me and I need to be there for them. And for the most part, people are very understanding and they're like, yeah, I was a parent too. I know how that is. And we understand, we'll work around it, we'll figure it out. Okay, so there have been many times in my profession or in my career that I have been scared. Like, how am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to make this happen? But what I've learned is that when I just trust in God and I trust him to provide for me it happens it always does um, I don't I've never not had the money to pay for something I've always been able to make it work and I haven't compromised and I don't intend to That's so powerful. You know, being the youth pastor, I hear the youth side of it. And it's the good or bad. It's, I hear their stories about, you know, man, Ben, my mom is so cool because, you know, she picks, you know, she does all these things for me. And then also hear the ones that, you know, I just wish my, my parents had more time for me. I wish my parents would let me be important in their lives. You know, the reality is this, if we don't control our priorities, our priorities will control us. And that's a danger. There's always gonna be things to do, but it's time that we prioritize by putting God first, treasuring eternal treasuring what's eternal and what's important. And last but not least, focusing on our last 5%. I want to encourage you today. Put God first. As I shared earlier about our daily devotions, there's several ways that you can do them. You can pick up a bookmark from our information center located right outside. It has the daily readings on it. You can go to our bookstore and purchase a life journal, which also has our Uh, daily readings as well as a place where you can journal and write down. You can also log on to our website at newhopehilo.org and under resources we have a section that says devotions and it gives you what we're reading for that day. And then we also have our New Hope app. So if you have a smartphone or uh, a tablet you can download our New Hope app for free and it also has the devotions on top there. Second I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect and ask God, what are the priorities in your life and does it have eternal value? And lastly, on your notes, if you notice there's a question, would you take some time today and ask yourself, what is my last 5%? What are some things that you can ask help for so that you can focus on that last 5%? The Apostle Paul, he's he's speaking into his protege, Timothy. And this is actually around the time where Paul's actually, his life is about to come to an end. And so he's getting ready, he's getting Timothy ready for 
for what he's called to do. And he says this, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. As we pursue Christ, may our priorities line up with his. It's time to prioritize starting right now. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? We may have came here this morning and maybe our priorities aren't the greatest. Maybe they're mixed up. Well, this is a perfect time for us to give it to the Lord. When we put him first, he will work everything according to his will. He will show us what is eternal and what is temporary. And then he'll speak into our lives and share with us what we're called to do, but most, important, most importantly, who we're called to be. Lord, this morning we come before you. And Lord, our, I pray this, Lord, I pray that every heart would be softened to your spirit. Pray, Lord, that you would just speak into their lives, Lord. And when it comes to priorities, Lord, there's a million things for us to do. But Lord, you come first. And as we put you first, Lord, you will have your way and you will direct our lives according to your plan. Lord, you will show us what truly matters and you'll show us what doesn't. Help us to, tre to treasure what is eternal, to treasure what's important and to focus on that 5%. To not be afraid to ask for help so that we can focus on who you're calling us to be and what it is you want us to do. Lord, continue to speak in our lives. And as we leave here today, we start by giving you all the honor and glory. We surrender our will to you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen, amen. It's time to prioritize. It's time to put God first. And I say we start that right now by standing and worshiping him. Amen. Let's give praise to the everlasting God. As well as a place where you can journal and write down. You can also log on to our website at newhopehilo.org. And under resources, we have a section that says devotions. And it gives you what we're reading for that day. And then we also have our New Hope app. So if you have a smartphone or a, a tablet, you can download our New Hope app for free. And it also has the devotions on top there. Second, I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect and ask God, what are the priorities in your life and does it have eternal value? And lastly, on your notes, if you notice there's a question, would you take some time today and ask yourself, what is my last 5%? What are some things that you can ask help for so that you can focus on that last 5%. The Apostle Paul, he speaks into, he's speaking into his protege, Timothy. And this is actually 
around the time where Paul's actually, his life is about to come to an end. And so he's getting ready, he's getting Timothy ready for, for what he's called to do. And he says this, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. As we pursue Christ, may our priorities line up with his. It's time to prioritize starting right now. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? We may have came here this morning and maybe our priorities aren't the greatest. Maybe they're mixed up. Well, this is a perfect time for us to give it to the Lord. When we put him first, he will work everything according to his will. He will show us what is eternal and what is temporary. And then he'll speak into our lives and share with us what we're called to do, but most, important, most importantly, who we're called to be. Lord, this morning we come before you. And Lord, our, I pray this, Lord, I pray that every heart would be softened to your spirit. Pray, Lord, that you would just speak into their lives, Lord. And when it comes to priorities, Lord, there's a million things for us to do. But Lord, you come first. And as we put you first, Lord, you will have your way and you will direct our lives according to your plan. Lord, you will show us what truly matters and you'll show us what doesn't. Help us to, tre to treasure what is eternal, to treasure what's important and to focus on that 5%. To not be afraid to ask for help so that we can focus on who you're calling us to be and what it is you want us to do. Lord, continue to speak in our lives. And as we leave here today, we start by giving you all the honor and glory. We surrender our will to you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen.